Right. So welcome back to the second night of our eight-week How Low Can You Go meditation class. I guess more it's like how deep can you creep? I don't know what would be a better way to say it. Um, so the couple questions that we've had. So one is about the bell here. One is about stray thinking. One is about letting go of things you have no control over, and one, it's how to deal with the part of us that always wants something. Um, those things are pretty well connected, so I think that shouldn't be a problem. So first, just quickly, the bell, um, it's a tool. It came, I don't know if it's more from the Tibetan kind of tradition or more from China, but somewhere in that area. Uh, and yeah, it's just a tool. I feel that it, it really aids with the transition from kind of this normal state, so to say. See how it kind of like sinks down? It sinks you down. <coughs> it um, starts with a tone and your mind matches that tone. And then it kind of slowly starts going down, but you're still listening to it. So it's almost like your mind hitches a ride on the sound, which is just getting more and more subtle. And it, then it eventually disappears into stillness and into quiet. And that's really how the practice of meditation works as well, is that your mind starts wherever it starts, and it kind of slowly rides down into this quiet, into this stillness. Um, so it's really just a tool to kind of bring you into that place. And then also to ring it at the end of meditation, for instance, it then kind of is a way to bring you back out of it. Um, and depending on the skill of the ringer, that can be a jarring experience, or that can be very nice and peaceful. There's different sizes of bells. There's also people that give um, healings using many different bells and these are pretty cool too because different frequencies work in kind of different parts of our body and mind so so to kind of tackle these last three questions in a concise way um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Buddhism so I was a Buddhist monk that's kind of the basis of my training and the Buddha the first teaching he ever gave, he gave a teaching on the Four Noble Truths, is what he called them. And the first truth that he said is that there is suffering. The second truth is that there is a cause or an origin of that suffering. The third truth is there is a cessation or an ending to suffering. And then the fourth truth is there's a path to get to that ending. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward, right? That's kind of, you could talk about anything that way. There's this thing, there's the reason that thing is here, the origin, where it came from. There's that thing's gonna eventually not be here, and here's how that thing's not gonna be here anymore. So it's kind of just the arising, the being, and the passing away of anything, really. But specifically, the Buddha talked about suffering. Um, there's different thoughts about why this was so. Some people think that because if, you know, you just walk around talking about happiness and peace and all of this stuff, it's hard to kind of connect and motivate people. But if you go to somebody and you really start pointing out 
the suffering that they're in, the pain they're in, the things that, that are really hard for them, it kind of gives a bit more of a motivation to, to work on oneself. Um, in a more experiential understanding, which for most people actually is a more abstract understanding, it's that um, any time the mind is moving, that's actually painful. And that's really hard to explain to somebody who's never experienced a still mind. So that's one of those things that I would say to a room of people and they would just stare at me and say, like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, but if you've maybe noticed that when your mind is, re when you're relaxed, it's super blissful and peaceful, right? When you're present, when you're relaxed, when you're soft and open and just kind of here, it's really nice. Everything's kind of alive and vibrant and yeah, it just feels good. It's almost blissful. And then the opposite of that, if you've ever noticed when the mind is really restless, really scattered, stressed, overthinking, anxious, etc., etc., that's really unpleasant. That literally the amount the mind is moving is connected to how peaceful we are. And therefore, also when the mind stops, that's the most peaceful we can get if you follow that same kind of format. So, if we ask then, why is the mind moving? What is the, what is the cause, right? This would be the second note, right? The cause of that, why is the mind moving? Um, we can bring it back to the ego and we can bring it back to that we always want something. And just to be clear, wanting and not wanting are the same thing, same mechanism, right? So, you know, if I want an ice cream right now, you could also say that I don't want to be without an ice cream right now. It's kind of the same thing. Or, um, you know, if I have a pain in my leg and I don't want that pain in my leg, I don't want to feel that pain in my back, that's actually I want to feel healthy or whole or comfortable in my body. So want and not wanting or wanting and not wanting are two sides of the same coin. It's the same mechanism. And what that coin is, it's being unsatisfied or unhappy with how something is, how things are. Wanting something that's not in this moment to be in this moment or not wanting something that is in this moment to, to get out of here. So that wanting, not wanting, that's really on a very deep level, how we function kind of continuously. If you start to examine your mind deeper and deeper and deeper, you'll see almost every action that you perform all day long, it's based off of wanting or not wanting a situation to be a certain way, to receive a certain result. Um, from standing up in the morning to getting food to going to the bathroom to really everything you do, it's about wanting and not wanting on deeper levels just like as a basic framework to look at things. So the whole point of meditation is that you really start to become more at ease with how things are at any given moment. You start to become more content to find kind of that peace and that happiness right here. Simultaneously, you start to be able to forbear things that are uncomfortable. If the room's a little cold, right, my leg hurts a little bit, I'm a little bit tired, whatever's going on in my experience, we learn to kind of just leave it, make peace with it, let it be. And finding that balance between forbearance and contentment, it, it really brings you to the same place 
of just being, the state of being, a still mind, just everything just kind of is and stops. And if we are bringing the, the wanting mind into the meditation, if you want to get deeper in the meditation, you're creating movement. I often talk about stirring a cup of water or stirring a, a, a pot of soup or something like this. That you're creating movement. You want that water to stop, but the water's moving because of the wanting. That wanting is that force, the karma that's moving the mind. So the more that you can kind of slow down that stirring, even pull out that spoon, the more you can make peace with the water, the more the water stops all by itself. So the way that I personally get into the deeper levels of meditation is that I'll be sitting for a little bit and then I'll start to feel into myself the part of me that wants to meditate, the part of me that wants to get more peaceful. And I pull that part off and let it go. I release it. So that wanting to meditate is what brought us to this room. It's what gets us to sit and close our eyes and start the practice. So it's like the Buddha said, you know, if you need to cross a river, you make a raft and you can cross the river. But once you've crossed the river, you ditch the raft. You don't carry it on your back and, you know, hike around with this heavy thing on you. It's already served its purpose. You can toss it. So that want to meditate, that want to practice, that's what gets us here. But as you start practicing, there comes the point where you have to abandon that want. Because wanting is the exact opposite of peace. Wanting its irritation. Wanting it's hot and bothered. Something's not okay. So it's up to you as you're practicing more and more to start peeling back wanting things to be any specific way during your meditation, during your practice, and really starting to just allow things to be like they are and to settle. And it creates a positive feedback loop that the more you start making peace with things, the more the mind becomes peaceful. The more the mind is peaceful, the easier it is to make peace with things. The easier it is to make peace with things, then the more the mind is able to sink. And it kind of, it feeds off of itself. So it's one of these interesting things in life where kind of the way forward is by not moving forward, if that makes sense, that little paradox, right? And that's also where things like stray thoughts come in or even this idea or understanding of there's things we can't control, what do we do about those things, or how do we let go of those things that we can't do anything about. I would say that those are very tied into each other in the practice because we all want to sit here and relax and be peaceful. We don't want to be thinking about our shopping list or the fight we just had with that person this morning or how much work we have to do when we get back or the fact that we haven't really started our taxes yet or, you know, sorry to hit so close to home with that one. Um, speaking also from experience. That we don't want that. That stuff, we almost feel like that's invading our peace, right? Another thing the Buddha said, he said it's like as if there's a cow without skin. So it feels all the flies landing on it. It feels everything that's landing on it, right? Think about that. It's kind of harsh, but think about an animal without skin, and it just feels everything that kind of crawls on it. That's what our mind is like, that our mind is this open sensory receptor, and whatever comes up, we feel it. 
and we feel it, and then we feel the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and we're just constantly feeling things one after the other. And it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And even in our daily lives, we don't realize it, but when you just sit down to meditate and you close your eyes and the mind keeps going and keeps going and things are coming up and coming up and you're feeling it and feeling it, it's just like, God, just stop. This is so much. Just stop it. It's a lot and it's, it's too much. It's really, it's suffering. It's a lot to always have to be in contact with stuff. Sometimes we just want to just stop, just peace, break, space, quiet. If you notice that your thoughts are coming up, which happens to all of us, okay? If I sit down to meditate right now, I'll sit down to meditate, I'll start breathing, boom, thoughts, thinking, yeah? So because meditation, it's a process-based activity, right? So we are trying to be peaceful, and to be peaceful, we have to create peace. So if I want to be peaceful, then what is the process to be peaceful? The process to be peaceful, despite what the US Army often thinks, it's not to go and blow something up or destroy something. The process for peace in this world is to be peaceful. If you want peace, you have to make peace. Being peaceful, creating peace. If you want a peaceful inside of yourself, you have to create peace with the inside of yourself. So when I sit and a thought comes up, I really don't pay it much attention. It's kind of there, and I'll either just pass it, or I'll be kind of looking at it and thinking with it, and I'll forget that I'm sitting here meditating. And then suddenly, in a moment, I'll be back here. That thought's gone, and I'm back here meditating again. And in that moment that I'm back here meditating, that's where I have an opportunity. And the thing that I can do in that moment, that suddenly I arrive back here in my mind, is I relax and I sink, and I breathe, and I make peace. And then again, there'll be kind of some thought, maybe waves, ripples, things that come up. And then again, there'll be kind of like a little opening. Suddenly, I'll be back here again. And when I'm back here, I again relax, breathe, soften, make peace, allow. And the more that I start doing that, I start building up a new momentum, a new energy. And I cannot control the thoughts coming. I have no control over the thoughts when they come, and I have no control about when those thoughts leave because I'm lost. I'm lost in thought. So I have no idea that I'm actually thinking. I'm just in it, and then suddenly I'm back, and then I'm in it, and I'm back. It's maddening, right? You're in it, you're back, you're in it, you're back. You have no control over when a thought comes, and you have no control over when a thought goes. But what you can do is the moments that you are present again, you can feed peace into the mind, feed relaxation, breathe, take some deep breaths, just relax the body, feel the breath flowing in and out of the nose, feel the relaxation of just being able to sit here and not have to look at your phone or do whatever. Slowly building up that pleasant feeling of being able just to be here. And the more it feels good just to be here, the more the mind will naturally get drawn into it. And so it's about building up a momentum. So we're learning how to build momentum here. And it's not by fighting, pushing away, destroying the thing we don't want. It's actually about when our space comes to act, right? So thought, 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 and then suddenly there's a space. That's our moment to, our time to shine, right? That's when we can act. And the moment that we can act, 
what we do is we just sit in silence and peace. And then the train of thoughts comes, and then we have another moment to act, and in that moment, you breathe and you sit in peace. And those moments are going to start getting bigger and bigger and bigger until the thoughts actually start losing their power. And the busyness of the mind starts losing, kind of starts fading away a little bit. And that peace, that spaciousness, that relaxation, that starts kind of pouring into the mind, pouring into the awareness, into our perception. Until eventually the mind, instead of being full of thoughts, becomes full of peace and presence. It's really beautiful when you get to that place. And then it also can continue to sink. So this is one of the most important things that, honestly, a lot of monks never even learned. Yeah, so this is really, really, really kind of like a, almost like a secret teaching in a weird way because not many people know this. So you guys are very lucky to be getting this information, right? It's that to get the mind to do what you want, it's about feeding the right causes, the right conditions for that to happen. If you want peace, you have to start making peace with your experience. Yeah, whatever's coming in, make peace with it. If you want to have a deeper meditation, the way to get that deeper meditation is to stop trying to push it into a direction, trying to push your meditation deeper, trying to push yourself deeper. That's not peaceful. That's an act of violence. That's an act of effort to force pushing something. Yeah, we wouldn't want to be pushed. I wouldn't want someone pushing me, right? So same thing. If you push your mind, your mind's going to be reacting to that. So it's really, it starts to build up this new skill in us, this new quality of the mind, right? How to be more receptive, how to be more peaceful, how to be more embraceive, how to guide it in the direction we want. And it's more of like a guiding, right? So it's not like an active process in the sense of like we're doing something, but it's more like this through our intention and our process, we're guiding it where we want it to go. We're feeling it out, feeling ourselves into that peace, feeling ourselves into a deeper relaxation, feeling just this gentle, nice, yeah, peaceful feeling, slowly bringing that in. If you sit and that feeling is not accessible for you, if you sit and you just feel bored or stressed or restless or whatever, then that's where your work is. Your work is feeling all that stuff that feels really uncomfortable and breathing and starting from scratch. Yeah, you might be the most hopeless case in this room. Okay, you might, you might sit here and be like, I am hopeless. Everyone else here maybe has a chance, I have no chance. I sit and my mind is a mess, it's unhappy, it's irritated, it's thinking, it's stressed. I'm a mess. Okay, so that is a fine place to start. Okay, that is a fine place to start. If you are a total hopeless train wreck of a human being, that is a fine place to start. And the way that you start is just starting to experience that, to just breathe into that, to be with that, to allow that, to relax. Don't fight it. By not fighting it, it doesn't mean that it's going to continue forever. By allowing it, it doesn't mean that you actually want it to stay. Yeah? It's just that's the method, that's the technique to actually get rid of something. Yeah, imagine like a horror movie when like Freddy Krueger came to someone and he's like, ah, I'm going to get you. And instead of screaming and running away, the person was like, hey, Freddy, how you doing? 
come hang out. He'd be like, aren't you scared? And they'd say, no, I'm happy to see you. And he would kind of lose his power. You know, well, he still might stab you with his finger knife thing. But his, but the kind of the power of, of a lot of these things, it's the power we give them by not wanting them. And that's kind of what I've found for myself is kind of what trauma is about or what depression is about or what anxiety it's about. It's that there's something in our experience that we don't want there. And so we're constantly trying to get rid of it, which then either means we start to shut down emotionally or we start to um, distract ourselves in busyness or in excess or in substances or in whatever. Or we start to excessively and obsessively think and worry and criticize and plan and then exhaust ourselves. Yeah, so these are all kind of these different methods that the mind is trying to expel something painful from itself. But they are methods that are without wisdom. They don't lead anywhere except to the pharmacy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So to start allowing yourself to feel again, to start allowing yourself to be with whatever's there, to not think there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with any of you, I promise. There's nothing wrong with us. We're all fine. We're the way we are. We've experienced something. If you were outside and you just saw like a guy get hit by a car, you'd come in here and you'd be like, holy shit, I just saw that. There's nothing wrong with you as a person, but you've just experienced a traumatic event that's processing in you. Yeah? So all of us have things that are in us that are processing, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Yeah, so there's a reason why we feel the way we feel. There's a reason why we are in this place we are in, all of us. And we act and react out of that place and even do things that are maybe harmful to other people or things that we don't want to be doing. But that's not your fault, really. It's all kind of, yeah, it all comes from your past as well. It's all connected. So it's like ultimately, in the weirdest paradoxicalist way possible, the greatest way to transform ourselves is to learn to make peace with ourselves, to start to learn to just be and to feel and to allow, to not want things to be different. Yeah, to really just be open, receptive, breathe, sit with it, trust, allow, right? That's why people love like religions, faith, this faith, it's so uplifting. Just believe. Just believe. If I sit here and relax, if I just relax and let things be, yeah? Maybe something will happen. I've tried everything else. Let's try that. What happens if I just allow myself to be myself just for the next hour? Yeah? Because it starts building up that new force, that new momentum, that new karma that really allows the mind just to settle and settle. And it starts actually building the peace that you're looking for the whole time. Okay? So not destroying that stuff to get them away to create the peace. Be peaceful towards your experience and then peace will become your experience. Does that all make sense? And it's called a practice for a reason. It's a practice for a reason. Yeah, so it takes time, it's a practice. And it involves also sometimes a little bit not taking ourselves too seriously, not taking our stories too seriously, not being so serious of a person all the time.
sometimes it really just allows us to just, okay, I know you're very important. You've been through all this horrible stuff. Your life is a mess. Everything's a mess. Great, okay. I'll deal with that mess when I leave this room, but right now I'm just gonna chill. Yeah, to really just start giving ourselves that space. Also, that permission. It's okay. Um, so with that, maybe we'll begin our practice. And we'll do a sitting meditation, walking meditation, sitting meditation. And following in this vein, maybe just for the rest of the class today, just our own kind of intention or relationship to the rest of this class today can really just be about allowing ourselves to be in whatever state we're in. So not thinking by the end of the class today you need to be more relaxed or more meditative or peaceful or, you know. Maybe just say by the end of class today, I just hope to be more comfortable with just kind of being in my own skin, in my own mind. Just give a little bit more allowance to what's happening. Okay? So we can get into our meditation seats and positions. Chairs are available. Again, there's no right or wrong way to sit. Just kind of whatever is right for you. However, you can feel stable yet relaxed. Yeah. Upright yet released. <laughs> 